Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. It's December 22nd, 2016. I'm Cherry Garcia, and I'm so happy you could be here tonight. And breaking away from baking cookies, wrapping all those Christmas presents, putting decorations on those Christmas trees or whatever you might be doing just three days away from Christmas to join us for Mike on the Mic tonight with host Mike Albright, the number one Survivor fan in the world who has now met 467 out of the 498 Survivors who have played the game. And tonight, he's got a great guest joining him from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. Sunday Request will be here for this season's finale of Mike on the Mic. And if you would like to join Sunday and Mike in recapping Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, all you have to do is dial in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. And once you're on our switchboard, please remember to press the number one key while you're on hold. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to Mike on the mic from the switchboard. Now, let's bring up our host and get this party started. Here we go, folks. Super fan. Big Mike. Big Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. How are you, and how is everything out in L.A.? Hey, Sherry. Hey, listeners. Uh, I had a, an amazing time out in L.A. It's my 
it's probably it's my favorite place to go. I'm there twice a year, and it was uh, I think my 15th straight finale extravaganza. So I, I it's a, it's always fun to go out there and go to some shows and meet the newest cast and their family. And what what an amazing bunch of people. And I and I I, I love meeting all the survivors I've met, but there was something really special about season 33's cast. They were all phenomenal with the fans and uh, really nice and friendly and engaging. And that's just not always the case to have every single person from the cast be really cool. So I, I was, I expected it was a great season, but you just never know if there's one or two people that are just going to be, you know, not friendly or some other issue happened. But, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. That's so good to hear. It, you know, they all seem like they would be that way. Every Each and every one of them, as you said, it was a good cast. And it did seem like every one of them would be really cool to meet in person. So I'm glad it turned out that way for you actually meeting them because every one of them, you know, I might not have liked them, their gameplay on the show so much, but I'm sure that I would have loved to have met them in person. They would have been awesome to meet. And that's that's typically the case when you when you meet the cast, even people you don't like. I mean, everyone's engaging. They're with their families and their friends, and you know, everyone's just come together. To, they're there to celebrate the season, and the fans are just there to celebrate them and meet them and just have a great time. So, I, I it was another great great finale, and I can't wait to talk about that and the recap. Three hours of Survivor. Yeah. I, I used to do those events, and that's always the way it was, you know, for, like, Big Brother and that kind of thing. Um, I never went to the Survivor finale, but I've gone to a few of the Big Brother uh, finales, and that's always the way it was with them as well. Um, you know, they come out of the house, and bygones are bygones, and friends and family are there. Everybody's happy, and even the ones you didn't like on the show – are just incredible people once you meet them in person. And it's just a big love fest, you know, um, at the finales. And everybody's having a great time. Of course, on Big Brother, they've been locked in the house much longer than Survivor people. You know, oftentimes they've been in the house 90, 100 days. So they're so happy to be out mingling with other people <laughs> that I think they're they're just over the moon happy to be out around people again. Um, they're thrilled, but they're really good. You know, most of the time when they cast people for these shows, they are, they are good people, you know. Very oh, few yeah. of them have come out and, and been, you know, not not good with fans and that kind of thing. So, there's been a few, but few and far between. Yeah, a few few odd ducks here and there, but it's got to be a weird experience too to have random strangers wanting pictures and autographs. So I can't chive. I totally dig it, but I can see where that would be not the best, or if you weren't portrayed the way you thought you'd be on national TV. I, I can see the reaction some some people have, but this cast though. From from first boot to the to the winner, just gracious, friendly, and awesome. So I can't sing their praises enough. And they're my favorite cast overall. Now they beat out the Dirty Thirty because the Dirty Thirty has that one person that's just not friendly. So that wasn't the case with the 
you know, millennial versus generation X. So I'm really looking forward to talking Sunday and uh, recapping the show and just getting her experiences. I have a, a question for you. I was I was going to say I'll ask it before she comes on, but she's already on the switchboard. I want to find. I can't wait to find out what you think about the next season's cast. But your guest is on our switchboard, so we'll talk about that later on in the show. Sounds good. Let's bring her up. We have with us, and I'm so happy to announce her. We have from Millennials versus Gen X, the beautiful. Sunday request with us. (laughs) Hi, Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, you're uh, you broke the broke the ice for uh, season thirty three. We got. I usually reach out to the cast until at least the finale, just because I don't get in any trouble with SCG or CBS. So you're a first of hopefully all twenty folks that stopped (laughs) by. Thank you. Hey, I'm. Glad to oh, be here. We're 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 glad to have you. This is my fifth season doing the show. I replaced uh, as a fan. So you'll know these names: uh, Bubba Travis Sampson from Vanuatu and Coach Benjamin Wade from uh, uh, Doak and Sheen, Heroes versus Villains in South Pacific. So I have I had big shoes to fill, and I'm still wearing them around. So glad you could stop by. Thank you. I'm excited to talk about the season and hear what you guys think too. Awesome. And I my 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 first opener I usually do is for anybody that's coming, but especially someone just off this season is what was your journey to get onto our TV screen? How long have you been in the you know trying to get on? And what do you think they like this time about getting on the Generation X versus Millennials? Well, actually, this was my second time to audition. I auditioned with my son for Blood versus Water and got a call back, but it really didn't go anywhere. And so on my second try, I got the call. Um, Now, you know, knowing the theme, which obviously we didn't know before the season started, I think the fact that I work with young adults for a living is probably what was a big draw for them to put me on the show. Awesome. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad you made it, and um, it would have been interesting on the other in, uh, incarnation, Blood versus Water. It was neat, also in your cast that at least uh, you know Adam was in the mix too. Do you know anyone else that was possibly in the mix from previous seasons that finally got in on this season? I know there were a lot of fans that had been trying. I know CC for a long time, and I know they've given a few people so. Yeah, I didn't know any of the others that had been trying, so it's kind of like every it's all a whole new world to me. <laughs> I didn't know anybody else trying out for my season. So I didn't find out that Adam and his mom had turned in, you know, turned something in for Blood versus Water until I met him on the island. <clears throat> so that was kind of, you know, I felt sad for him. Okay, well, that's, yeah, it's, uh, it was amazing how you guys came together. And like I said, I don't just throw this out to any guests on the show because I've talked smack with all my friends that have done this that are past players. But your your cast is just something really special, and I just can't describe not every finale. You guys are as nice as you were to all the fans out there. So thank you so much for her. I don't know what the special thing was. Everyone was just <laughs> when you guys talked about it, the jury members, some of the questions were just Maybe the game has a lot of petty stuff. It's stuff with, like, you know, I don't 
expecting maybe tension with signals, and that was all. You know, Mike, your phone isn't isn't coming through very well. Uh-uh, I'm not hearing you super well either. I'm on speakerphone, so I'll get off speakerphone. Oh, good idea. <laughs> yeah, your phone Sorry isn't coming through very well at all. Car about to do a three-hour drive. Can you hear me now? That's yes, better. much better. Sorry, I'll give my shout-out to Verizon, and hopefully they'll get us some ad dollars, but I hope you can hear me <laughs> for the rest of the time. Um, what the hell was I even talking about? I don't even remember. Oh, you were what just saying you how hear? nice we are. You were saying how nice you, of a cast we are. <laughs> you guys, you were amazing, because I, Sunday, I didn't know if I mentioned, I told you what number you were, but it was like my 15th straight finale, and every so often there's either somebody that's just not around or just... Like, a couple times, it was, like, didn't even want to, like, take pictures and sign stuff and talk to the fans, and you guys were all friendly. You know, it's got to be weird, you know, going from watching it, however, your weekly ritual to coming out to the finale. So, I mean, do you get bombarded by fans at, at home, too? Or what was it like out in L.A. when people were just randomly coming up, wanting autographs and, you know, wanting pictures <laughs> and all that? What was that it's, like? It's just really weird <laughs> because I just feel like I'm – just a mom, you know, yeah. and who got to do this amazing thing. And I get recognized here and there at home. I think um, I am, you know, like I said, I'm a mom, so I'm, I don't feel like I stand out in a crowd. I look like everybody else's mom, I kind of think. So, mm-hmm. but when we're together, we get recognized a lot more, obviously, especially when you're some, with someone like Chris or Zeke who are very recognizable. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, the whole thing is crazy because watching the show at home, like for every premiere episode, let's say it's the first episode of the season, like mm-hmm. I get teary eyed at the opening. Like every time Jeff does is, you know, 39 days, 20 people, you know, 20 one, five, one. you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. I cry at that when it's not me. So for me yep. to be the person on the screen is, I, I still can't believe it all happened, actually. Wow, I can't even mm-hmm. imagine that because I'm 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 usually not crying at the at the opening episode, but every family visit, every medevac, mm-hmm. every finale. You know, we mm-hmm. we really care about you guys, and it's got to be so surreal, like seeing yourself, you know, on the screen. And I guess the I guess my next question would be, how do you feel you were represented on the show? I mean, editing's one thing, and they're taking hours of footage and, you know, knocked down to 42 minutes. So the one thing is I didn't think mm-hmm. we really knew you that well, you know, going through yeah. a lot of the season. So I wouldn't say, you know, it's it was hard for me. I know Sherry was, like, Team Sunday, and I wasn't anti-Sunday by any means, but it was just kind of interesting. We didn't really know you that well. So why do you think that occurred? What what was your What's your feeling on that? Um, well, a couple of things. One, well, first let me just say this. Even though I didn't get, you know, say as much screen time as I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen and as mm-hmm. some others, I didn't feel like anything that was shown of me was a rep- misrepresentation of myself. Okay. So I, I can't, you know, I don't feel like I was portrayed differently or negatively than who I am. Um, okay. As far as the amount of time that I was on screen, I think there was a few different factors to that. One is I played with really big characters, and sure. um, you know, I I didn't go out there competing for screen time. I went out to just play the best of my ability. So oh, I, sure. you know, I'm a Midwest normal 
mom, and not that everyone else isn't normal, but I, I don't create drama. I'm not a, um, I'm not going to stir up a big fight. I'm not going to, um, I don't know, just go for, for um, doing anything that's for the purpose of gaining more attention. That just isn't me. And I felt like mm. if I tried to put myself in that role, uh, it wouldn't have come across correctly because it would have been me trying to act like somebody else. So I think those things played a factor. I think, you know, had I been, say, made it to final tribal, I feel like they would have had to show more of the work that I did and more of the movies mm. that I was making. Um, but, you know, I think it just all comes down to the story and um, comes down to the characters that were at play. I was very conscious of what I said in my confessionals, and I probably overcorrected in that regard because okay. um, at the time I was a young adult pastor, and I was I just wanted to set a good example. And absolutely, to yeah. me, I you know I don't have a problem say lying in the game because it's part of the game, but I felt like I could control the level of say. I meanness, or I don't know how to just you know like what I could say to rip on people. In my talking to your people, yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. understandable. Yeah, and that's not me. So for me to do that, I would have been acting, and I mm-hmm. wasn't there to act. So I feel like all those things together kind of, you know, resulted in in just not as much airtime just because I wasn't mm-hmm. creating things. Um, I also feel like I overcorrected in the sense that I – at home, I'm in charge of, like, a lot of things, and people always put mm-hmm. me in charge of things. And so I was yep. very conscious of not wanting to come across, like, a bossy or um, trying to take charge. And I feel oh, like yeah. I overcorrected that way. So that's probably another factor of why maybe I wasn't standing out visibly to the viewers, um, but definitely was working and doing a lot behind the scenes but just – the way that I go about things isn't going to be a huge firework. Well, and, and that's understandable. And I, and I think uh, savvy fans understand that, you know, these are all, you're all our type A people. You beat out thousands mm-hmm. of people. So we, we under, I mean, if the people should understand that and you've got your, you know, your Zeke's and your Michaela's and Taylor and Figgy doing crazy stuff on their beach and just, it's, yeah. un, it's understandable <laughs> for sure. Um, they kind of did a fake out when you guys came out on the boats, and you've talked about in your with your being a youth pastor and your, and your way you relate that you were good with it being with and you did well with you know Generation X and the Millennials. But did you mm-hmm. you know it looked like they were going to be mixed up going into it, and then it ended up being you know Generation X only. Do you think you would have done just as well in a you know traditional quote unquote initial setup to the game, where the tribes would have been mixed up more by age? Um. Yeah, I think I would have. I I was not nervous in the least bit. I mean, in all my pregame interviews, they would ask me, you know, what I thought my strengths would be, and I and there's always a mix. You know, normally there's a mix of younger and older players. So my mm-hmm. pregame interviews, not knowing it was going to be millennials versus Gen X, I was like, you know, I'm going to be able to connect with young players, and that's going to help me. So I don't. I think I wouldn't have had an issue had we been mixed from the get go. Uh, then, I don't. Yeah. And with the swap, yeah, you um, and I don't have. I'm I'm in a car, so I'm looking off the notes, and I don't have my computer yeah. back and forth. But you went to Kabula, and you when the swap yeah. happened, right? I make sure I get the tribe right, and you gelled pretty well. And then the group, you know, targeted other people. So I, I think you you made the transition well. 
So I, yeah, you did, we were, you did well. <laughs> I, I feel like we did. I mean, I when we first, you know, got swapped, it was four to two. And I was like, okay, this is my chance to put my millennial relationship skills to work. And I really did do that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, by the, by the time we were having to move, you know, vote somebody out, we were really, really tight. I mean, it was a depressing day for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, several of them did come to me and say, I can't, I can't vote you out. And mm-hmm. that was just due to me putting in time. Investing um, in individuals, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yep. So and I do that because that's who I am, not because mm-hmm. just necessarily like, oh, this is my gameplay. It helps me in the game, but that's just what I do. Yeah, and I, I, I also I work as an assistant dean for students for housing and residence life, so I get to work. You know, my most of my interactions are with millennial people, and then I work with Generation X and then Baby Boomers or whoever. So I, mm-hmm. I hear you that I, I work with that population too. So I. I would be scratching my head at some of the stuff some of the millennials did, but I'd also be at the Generation X because I'm a tweener. I was born in 79, so I'm only three years in the generation, you know, from being a millennial. So I've worked with them for 15 years. So when people start throwing out the stuff like participation trophies, I'm like, well, who who gave these little kids a trophy? Like, I mean, it's hard for a little kid (laughs) to give himself a participation trophy. I mean, some of that's fostered by the previous generation than the bag on these kids. Exactly. Oh yeah, thirteen place, you get a trophy. Like, well, why'd you make thirteen trophies then person who's passing out trophies? So whatever, that's my <laughs> yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh one one interesting thing that never had happened on the show, second day in, there's a cyclone in Fiji, so walk us through. You're the first cast member that experienced that, so what were what was that like leading up to it and did you think anything like that would happen? Because we you had, we hadn't seen it before. Um, well, I definitely never anticipated getting evacuated. I will mm-hmm. say the first night that we were there, um, we would all probably refer to as the night from health. Uh, mm-hmm. We, you know, our shelter, we didn't have a ton of time and our shelter was okay, but it was totally, mm-hmm. you know, I had literally like three different rivers of water going down different spots in my back the entire night. And we were just, freezing and so cold but yet we laughed and cried laughing so much throughout the night huddled together and Mm -hmm. you know it's dark for a long time it's like night for like 12 hours almost and so we kept sitting up and going is it getting light yet is it getting light yet and we're like nope you know when you're sitting there that long you have no idea have I been sitting here in the rain three hours four hours Mm -hmm. Really, I think one reason possibly that our our cast is so tight is that experience because when you okay. go through something that hard right off the bat, if there's some there's a lot of bonding that takes place because you're like huddled, you know, halfway laying on people you just met like six hours yep. ago because you're trying to get warm and stay, you know, well there was no point in trying to stay dry, but. Um, and I remember sitting there, just my whole body shivering and, and thinking to myself, you signed up for this. You wanted to do it. You wanted to do You volunteered it. to go to a cyclone <laughs> yeah. and spend 40-some yeah, so, days counting yeah. press and all that. Going, yeah. Wow. So I didn't well, dare complain. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah, I that puts it. 
I bet some, I don't know, and, and I assume, and I'm not trying to get, like, dirt on the show, but I assume you guys are just kind of sequestered, weren't able to talk, and you just, like, went somewhere for that, like, yeah. what, was it, like, a 30-hour period? That had to be so uh, weird, I guess, right, on day two of the game, not to be able to, to make the bonds and, you know, talk yep. to people. At, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard because, like you said, right off the bat. So what had happened, you know, leading up to the evacuation, like, had to basically be put on hold. Well, that gives mm-hmm. you a lot of time to think about conversations, um, first impressions, who's talking to who, you know, and it kind of gives you – it's like a break in the game. But, yeah, we were not allowed to talk. It was not fun at all mm-hmm. um you know all of us are just like oh we just want to get back to the game so and i have no idea honestly how long i'm gonna guess it was maybe 12 14 hours okay. i don't you okay. know we have no okay. clocks or watches or anything so i i i really don't know it's basically to wait out the storm and go back because it, it's not like okay. they came back to dry anything okay <laughs> so that's just it's interesting getting the first person's perspective with uh, getting with this generation X group. What, um, what made you like the people that you connected with and what didn't you know, made, made it harder to connect to your David's or CC or Ken or Jessica? Like what, did anything tangible happen or was just, do you like to connect to those um, people better? Like how'd that happen exactly? I'm just curious. Okay. So, Part of it, um, I feel like, is the people that you feel like you get friendly smiles and glances from, like, even in casting. Oh, and yeah. And you feel like you're not allowed to talk or anything, but you just kind of can sense that there's something about somebody that maybe you'll hit it off with. I remember mm-hmm. being out there the first day, um, and we were trying to leave the prom font, the whatever those things are called, the prom fans or whatever. Prons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the prawns. And Jessica and I connected immediately. We were both moms. Um, mm-hmm. We were weaving together. And it's like you really just have to find something common with somebody. And um, I remember being out there and thinking, okay, you've been watching this for all these years. You have to make an alliance. And going, how do I make an alliance? How do I make an alliance? Yeah, how do you do it? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. So um, Jessica and I bonded really well immediately, just basically because they're both moms. And then um, I had kind of felt like I had a good connection with Brett, him with Chris, and with Paul. We were all in the same casting group. Um, yeah. Over the night, our first night, Ken connected a little bit better with Rachel and Cece. And okay. we were kind of you know, having some issues with, um, with Rachel. And so that immediately put a, a kind of a wedge there. And the guys had okay. t- tried to talk to Ken and Ken just really wanted to focus on building the shelter and not really at that point, the strategy part of the game. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, even though the Alliance took out the way that it did, I, I had a really good relationship with David and Ken and okay. Jessica, you know, at the beginning. Okay. So, um, you know, it's hard because Rachel and Cece kind of paired up, and it was a little mm-hmm. hard to recover from that afterwards. Um, but, I, you know, I really like Cece, and we talked and everything. It just, okay. you know, lines kind of get drawn, and it becomes obvious who's 
kind of working with who, but you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And Lucy too, I connected well with Lucy. She's a mom. Okay. So we, you know, that's kind of how all that came together. Okay. It's always interesting getting the perspective because we're only, you know, talking to each of the people from the tribe, you know, I'd be curious, you know, their, their own perception of that. And then also right. you know, just tying that all into everything. And then what we're see what we get shown on TV, because then we, you've got all your stories and then we get this, the quote unquote story presented to us. So it's, you know, waiting mm-hmm. through that's one of my favorite reasons to do these podcasts and meeting you guys. And, you know, I'm not the yeah. kind of fan that I just want to meet you all and then, you know, build that rapport. I'm not going to stand there and ask you like 50 questions in the hotel lobby, like, why right. did you vote for so and so on day, whatever? Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's a. I have no idea what you're that. With that. I don't. I don't know the the context. I'm a very, very contextual person. So, but it's mm-hmm. neat to hear that. And uh, and I know Ken had just a really interesting edit. And I I don't know. It came off. I was just trying to understand because he was presented to us in like this you know, Jesus-esque kind of thing, like this perfect person, you know, beautiful person mm-hmm. with this interesting mm-hmm. stuff. And I, it was just mm-hmm. interesting portrayal because then when you see something like, I just rewatched the making all these notes, the, it seemed like there was a little, just some tension with some of the guys against him. And maybe it's that initial, you know, not wanting to talk strategy. And, and I don't want to say pretentious because I don't, I don't really mean that, but just the yeah. persona that he kind of conveyed, I, I don't know how to – word that because yeah. I wasn't with this guy in the, in the tropics of Fiji, but he just, but even meeting him in person, he would be the, he, I wouldn't say he was the least friendly, but he would just, he just marched to the beat of his own drum. So I can kind of see, you know, how that came to be. But yeah. it seemed like a little bit of a, little animosity <laughs> still between like Chris and Brett with Ken all the way to the end there. So I don't know. Yeah, he he's just a little quieter, you know, mm-hmm. Ken is. And they, the guys had immediately talked about an all-guy alliance. Uh, and then David, like, wigged out. Like, I don't know what happened, but he just went, like, crazy. And he was looking for the idol, and everybody knew it. And then their thing kind of fell apart within, like, hours. And that was great for us because mm-hmm. then, you know, Jess and I were able to – you know, connect with um, Brett and Chris and Lucy and Paul. And so mm-hmm. then it just, it was a kind of a, it was like a mix. Like at first they thought they were in the, they were, had him. And then he just didn't really want to attack strategy. It just seemed so mm-hmm. he just is, um, he's just a little quieter than those guys. So, you know, just a different, different personalities, I guess. Yeah, for sure. If, mm-hmm. um, I've run some hypothetical scenarios. If I want, to, I don't. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit because I want to, you know, utilize your time as well. Sure. But if say sure. Adam's not, Adam doesn't get to the final three, and like David's inserted there is my fan assumption is David. I don't know if it'd be ten to zero to zero like Adams, but I assume David there versus Adam is David still prevail over Ken and Hannah, or is it what? It's uh, hard to say without the jury performance and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yes. David, if David's sitting, if you're asking if David is sitting with Ken and Hannah, yeah, it's a Ken unanimous vote. I would For say. Dave. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And if it had been yep. Ken or a. Uh, Adam versus David, it would have been a little more competitive, I would assume. I mm-hmm. mean, does Adam still win dramatically, you think, just from being in the jury area? No, no. It would have been um, – I, I, it would have been – there would have – <laughs> I don't want to take away from Adam's win at all. So 
Yeah, um, yeah, of course not. You know, if 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 Adam and David are there, I I think I think David may have may have pulled it out. I don't I don't know that I want to say if I think how many votes go which way, but yeah, well, of course um, it's hard I think to David, gauge that. Yeah, David David may have probably come out on top of that. I think. Well, but, it's so for being say. scared of it's birds. Yeah, say. birds birds attacking you and being afraid of people cutting bamboo to winning challenges and just being this huge threat. It, it's an amazing, oh, I don't think I've ever map- seen something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was masterminding a lot. A lot. Okay. So, Is there <laughs> very any smart. scenario where Ken or Hannah get a vote from the jury that it consisted of? Does it just seem like Hannah was all over the place and Ken just rubbed folks the wrong way? I guess, is there any other um, final free scenario that they there, get votes, I mean, maybe? Hannah, Hannah could have possibly, depending on who she was sitting with. Um, okay. She's very smart. She really, yeah, yeah. Um, she's very smart, and if if I possibly, I, I, it's okay. hard to say, depending on the mix of people, but there there's a shot Hannah could have got, you know, okay. a couple of votes, yeah. He okay. transformed well, a lot, too, even though David, you know, there, I don't think I've ever seen anybody transform as much on Survivor as David. But Hannah mm-hmm. transformed yeah. a lot, too. I mean, she, she goes from she passing did. out on the sidelines of a challenge at, on mm-hmm. Survivor to as, actually masterminding a lot of the blind sides that happened. She did transform mm-hmm. herself a lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, she I she really did. She did. I think she's not getting a lot of the credit she deserves at times, um, because she did mastermind a lot, and and she created some of the the big moves that actually took place, especially toward yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she definitely had her hand in it. She, you know, uh, I think when you're out there and when you're living with people and you're a big fan of the show and the game itself, I, I, for me at least, I wasn't, my vote wasn't going to who had the biggest life transformation. It was like mm-hmm. who, who pl- outwit, outplayed, and outlast, you know more yep. right. play part of it which I you know not to downplay her transformation at all but I think she was really really smart all along I think she you know she just was little you know times were nerve-wracking and stuff and and I mm-hmm. could feel it you know my I felt the same way at the beginning of the game so um I think the the hard part is in a game that is a very much social if um, if the moves that you're making, if there's if there's ways that your moves are presented and the way that you're speaking to other castmates when you're making your moves leaves a bad taste in their mouth, then it overshadows um, the move, if that makes the sense. The Russell Hans philosophy, yeah, you can make amazing maneuvers and plays, but if you how you present it and how you carry yourself, I understand. I do, for kill ratio, which is a term that I've gotten from being in online games, it is pretty interesting that she was on the correct side from her own mouth. I need to check the data on all the vote outs. So that's really cool yeah. strategically, but that also yeah. means she took out every all 10 jurors. So that's a great stat, but that's also like, hey, you did eliminate me. So I can see some animosity there too yeah. from people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I even, okay. So if I, if, if she voted, she did vote me out. 
But it, mm-hmm. if I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth because of other circumstances, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't. I will give you the prize for voting me out if it was the right move. If at the right time, if, yeah. If the social part was there as well. So I mean, I feel like part of the social game of winning Survivor is voting people out and having them not hate you for it. <laughs> Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? So I don't, right. I don't, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to withhold my vote from you because you voted me out because you might've had a really good move, but yeah. maybe the way that you did it or how you were speaking to me prior to that would play a part in, in my vote. Not sure. just the, the fact that you got me out doesn't mean I won't vote for you. If I thought it was a good move, I don't think her voting me out was a good move. I mean, she ended up in final tribal, so you could argue that, but her reasoning for it, I'm thinking when there's four big threats sitting around me going for me, you know. I I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I I do agree with you on that. I think there was bigger fish to fry than you when she she went after you. And I I do agree with you on that move. Um, I think she should have went after bigger fish. Yeah. yeah, if it's a good move to take me out, I'm going to say props to you because you did a good move, but it wasn't in that move. Well, your move so. and going against Brett, I think that when you've got the chance to take out David, I just, you've got, if this is the number one target of everybody, you know, why would yeah. you want to take him closer to the end when he's going to steamroll everybody? I mean, Adam had a good shot of that too, but I just yeah. didn't get the logic. And Brett was popular, but I think, you know, from what we at least saw the gameplay, it was rocking the social side, but you know, strategically we didn't get to see it. And I don't know if it wasn't there, but you know, we didn't see it as much. So I just think if she made some poor, poor maneuvers, so I understand what happened to her. So. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think we all respect the game enough that I will give you the vote. If you voted me out, if it was a good move, I don't yeah. mean whether you voted me or out doesn't, it's, was it a good move and were your moves, you know, part of winning is winning mm-hmm. over people and perceiving yep. how they're viewing you while you're doing it. That's so. the most important challenge. That's that's the key. It doesn't matter how many idols you find, how many challenges you win. At the end of the game, it's at the end of the day, it's the social social thing primarily, and the respect and whatever the jury wants is what you've got to bring. So you've got to know the people you're with. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, um, what what did, was your uh, favorite challenge as just being a part of it. What was like your favorite challenge and what was your least favorite or most challenging challenge? I just did challenge too much, but no, that's okay. <laughs> um, okay. So my favorite challenge, and this is for more reasons than just the challenge was the, um, it was called the ocean. It was a Gen X challenge at the second mm-hmm. challenge, I think where we climbed up the cargo cargo nets and jumped off and grabbed the key in the water. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was a big challenge because we had been trying to keep track of the days on a log. And the day that we did that challenge was actually the anniversary day of the day I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So, you know, I got diagnosed and four years later, I'm competing in a challenge on Survivor and winning with my tribe. And so that just made it so special for me. Plus, it was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, for um, sure. That looks like a fun one, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun challenge. And, um, you know, it just 
to me, it's like now I can remember that instead of just focusing on the breast cancer diagnosis from that day. So that was huge for me. And um, the fact that we won even, you know, made it all the better. And my least favorite, well, there's a tie for least favorite. (laughs) It would be the sand challenge. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. And I did terrible in the ropes challenge for the family visit. And I could not figure out how to follow the rope. And it was so embarrassing. It was the one time my husband could see me do a challenge. And it was awful. But um, the sand one was really bad, really bad. That looked looked really intense. I I can't even imagine. I'm a bigger guy. So anything where they're digging under and around stuff and, yeah, I – that would be something I, if it's busting through a brick wall, I'd be like, yeah, sweet. But if it's fit your body to a smaller space or with sand, that's just sounds terrible. Yeah, that, but it was, yeah. <laughs> Trying to wiggle on that sand was terrible. It looked intense. And then the CBS blur was coming out for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe do that in the dirt, SEG, so people's various parts aren't yeah. coming out and it's a it's a eight o'clock on prime time we don't need to see everybody's whatever so. <laughs> yeah. it was funny because while I was going at the same time as Will and so we're going and you know we're going as hard as we can and I hear Jeff say Will leave the American flag behind and I about choked on the sand because I was laughing so hard <laughs> Awesome. American well, flag swim trunks. Oh my gosh, that was funny. Oh goodness. Um, I know. I don't want to. I want to be sensitive of time. So Sherry, uh, I, I, Sunday needs to step out. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask specifically about? Um, any questions? I, I could ask questions all day. Sunday. I love talking to the cast. I'll, this is a, we're having a great time, but we want to be sensitive of that. But Sherry, do you have anything that you want to ask or ask about? Um, I do actually. What has been the the most, um, how do I want to say this, the most touching thing that a fan has said or done to you since you've been off the show? What has been, I guess, the most emotional or touching thing that a fan has said to you since you've been off? Well, um, a fan that I know actually made a video for me um, after I was voted off. And he had gotten collected videos from family members and some other survivor, um, past survivor players, and made a video, just all of them telling me, you know, good job and congratulations, and we will have any support you. And I literally it was like gut wrenching, like bawling, um, because wow. it was difficult to watch a lot of the season, and. Um, and so that was really, really tough. I mean, it was like nine minutes. It's like amazing. And uh, that was huge for me. And then they got some, like, cards from um, kids uh, that know me and, like, handwritten notes from children and pictures that they drew and stuff. And that was so, so, so sweet, something I'll treasure forever. Wow. Aww. Great yeah. question, that- Sherry, and great response. And what an amazing fan. And that'd be – that's – that's really cool. I guess my uh, my last question, but and if if you need to go, that's great. If you want to ground, cool. But okay. my last question is: Game Changers was officially announced, and I've had that information in my head, and I haven't been able to talk about it for a long time. 
because I yeah. just know a lot of the cast. And getting to see folks that I forgot at Game Changers was coming up, but seeing, you know, people all over the place at your finale. So who who from the Game Changers were you most excited to meet that was there? And, you know, who were you rooting for in Game Changers if you care to stay? I know sometimes people don't want to talk about the ones they want to root for, but so yeah. however you want to answer that. But who were you excited well, to see? I was excited to see Ty. And part of that was I was excited, but my daughter was, like, freaking out. Uh. And um, so that was fun because I got to be the mom, the introducer to Ty. And um, I met Caleb briefly. Oh, and I met Sandra and Suri, and they were so sweet. I was excited to meet Suri. And I was really excited to meet Sierra and Laura. Okay. I mean, I know Laura's not playing this time, but I – was excited to meet both of them and my daughter was as well because she loves Sierra. And as far as rooting, you know, I, I have to say I got a root for Kayla. And, um, so, you know, it's like the people, you know, that are playing are all the names are out, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've officially, CBS didn't say it on the promo. It's all public knowledge. Now they didn't do it on the official promo for your finale. That's what surprised me. Cause they're like, Michaela, Michaela. And I'm like, uh, there's another game changer in a striped shirt with a or a fancy shirt with a mustache. Why are we not mentioning yeah. that too? But okay, okay. Yeah. I just I wanted to make sure that was out. But yeah, I, I would yeah. totally root for both of them. Okay. And I have to because I know them and I love both of them. And I think they went in with a little advantage because the game, the rest of game changers don't know how they play their game. Yeah, when when folks go back to back, that's always a, usually an incentive, and they usually have it decent time the next time because people just don't know their game. They didn't get to see it, so that's mm-hmm. going to be managed. Plus, you know, I I know Michaela's a, a huge, pretty big fan, but I know Zeke's a huge fan, so he had to know, have dossiers on anyone that could have come up on the beach, and he had yep. a home field advantage being in Fiji, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, so well, I'm well, definitely rooting for those two. Well, I, I, I hope they do well, and I I appreciate you. your uh, your time here, and uh, sure. thank you so much. And uh, yeah. I'm going to encourage anyone else to pass the word along for next season. Okay. Uh, season 33 is more than welcome, and, and the more the merrier. I mean, I don't want 19 or 20 people on a call because it would be insane, but, you know, <laughs> pass the word and enjoy the movie. What are you okay. going to see? Uh, we're going to see Sing. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's animated, but it's supposed to be really fun and lots of music, so... We'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah, it'll I be saw fun. the promos at Rogue One, so it looks interesting, and I I hope it uh hope you have a great time and have you a will. happy holidays and uh, see you later. See okay, you, the next you too. One. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to both of you guys. Awesome. Have a merry Thanks. Christmas okay. Sunday and merry a happy Christmas. New Year. You too. Take bye bye. Bye bye. Wow, what a great guest. Phenomenal way to start off season 33. And Sherry, yeah, like I'm saying, you, you know the person I've had challenges with from season 30 and 31. So, and 32, there was this tension with the cast among each other. So for 33, it was such a breath of fresh air to see, you know, everyone so cool with each other and just, you know, and even some people you're just not sure how they're going to be like. When Figgy and Jay showed up, we were just, I usually, we have, like, protocol we adhere to. Like, we try to let the cast check in before we, like, bum rush them. But they showed up outside, and for some reason, a couple of the fans were outside. And Figgy's, like, running around and hugging people. You know, Jay's high-fiving everybody and just, you know, just just a cut-up. And everyone was just so 
amazing. And I, I can't imagine being in Sunday shoes or the cast shoes. If I ever get the chance to be on the show, I think I'll enjoy every second of the show. But when I show up at the cast hotel, knowing I had been on the season, I'm going to be eating it up like crazy, getting pictures and signing stuff and like, you know, yeah, great to see you, person I've known for 12 years. Like, why do you want an autograph, dude? Like, we're roommates. You sure you want me to sign this this thing? Like, like you've heard me snore. Like, I've used the bathroom after you, and you have too. So, just I don't know, kind of crazy. But uh, it was fun time, and it was an amazing week. Uh, I spent Monday night at the uh, Jimmy Kimmel show, which was a lot of fun, and, um, oh, shoot, who the heck was the guest? I'm trying to remember. Jennifer Lawrence, she's so beautiful, I don't know how I forgot. And then on Thursday, I've been a fan of Conan O'Brien since about his second or third season of Late Night on NBC, so getting to go to his show was so cool. And the best part was I asked people to screenshot it because I knew I'd be just about to get on the airplane or in the air, and I'm you could see me really well on on TBS, basic cable. So it was cool to be in the shot with a candy cane running around the crowd. So I I had a had a really good time. I didn't get to get get to go to the finale, but you know that's a random draw, and I've been to three in a row. So maybe next time with a special lady out there with me, we'll we'll snag a ticket to the show, and she'll get to go to her first uh, finale. But I thought the the season was amazing, the final episode was amazing, and Adam, you know, prevailing and coming through and matching Jeremy from Cambodia with a 10-0-0 win, it's just, I was just, I thought it was an amazing finale, and I can't think of one that was more exciting. Do you, what's your take on all that, Sherry? Um, I was happy for Adam. I think that his backstory won him the the unanimous vote though oh yeah and it's a it's a heartbreaking and i couldn't believe you know she's doing well walking around and he gets home and she holds out for like an hour it's amazing how things in life work and that's just i'm so glad that she got to see her son and he got to see his mom and he got to convey yeah. that he felt he had a good shot and he, that he won. If, you know, you're going against Ken and Hannah, he he probably knew what was going to happen. He probably assumed a win. He may not have assumed a shutout, but it was a powerful, powerful finale. And I, I, I thought it was neat to hear Sunday's perspective because it's what I assumed would be the case. But, you know, I think David would have been a great winner too. Um, even if Brett had somehow gotten with Ken and Hannah, I, I'm pretty sure Brett would have – would have won the jury vote, and I even I would say Jay as well. I think Jay Jay against uh, Ken and Hannah would win too. But I just hope that what future Survivor cast members don't decide to try to come up with the best backstory to pitch to. the tribe on, on finale night, you know, at their finale when they're when they're pitching their best moves and like when Adam yeah. was saying why he should win you know, Survivor to his cast members. 
Yeah. And he he finally told them about his mom. I hope that future survivor players don't see that and think, okay, I have to go in there and come up with a really dynamic backstory that is going to win me the game. Yeah. And I think he also had some great gameplay, and he went from, you know, at that first Millennial Tribal Council, you know, he and Zeke and Hannah were on the outside looking in, so to twist that around and roll with the punches, he found, was it three total idols? I'm trying to remember the count, or at least two. Um, yeah, he didn't three, play yeah, them very so. well, though. Well, he didn't play them all, but he found them, and some of that's just getting to the getting to the end, so having a story and, you know, he the, the jury gave him credit for Ken's move of voting out David, which I don't 100% agree with. But once we, we'd have to get Chris or Brett on next season to get their perspective. But I don't know if Ken could have said or done anything by that point if he had alienated the group so much. So, I don't know. I think Adam's a good winner. Um, Jeremy used a similar thing about playing for his kid. So, I mean, there's all that's kind of fair game. And you just got to kind of know your jury. And, you know, Sunday's talking about her own battle with cancer and cancer is a big deal to people. I mean, cancer's affected you know, my life. You know, my dad's had lymphoma oh, yeah, for absolutely. 15 years. So it's, um, I, the jury, jury, whatever, whatever the hell the jury does is, is right. So whatever they do is right. So it's just interesting how they, you know, come to their conclusion. I didn't like some of the smugness towards Ken. I understand he, that's kind of how he carries himself, but to have like kind of no respect from Chris you know, about, you know, at the end of the day, Ken made the decision to vote out his best alliance to help his daughter. And for everyone to discredit Ken at, entirely and say that was all David, you know, Ken may have been thinking about that since he made his alliance with the biggest outcast of the game. You know, Ken's a smart guy. He can see David's, you know, rise and transformation. So taking David out at the last possible moment, you know, are they all mad that it didn't happen earlier? Yeah, but did Ken pull the trigger and take David out? Yeah, he didn't force a tie. He didn't force a fire challenge. So, and nobody made him do it. He decided that on his own. And yeah. I was really, really upset and, I don't know, discouraged by the way they treated Ken. The way they yep. just dismissed him. And it really upset me that night. I mean, I I liked Ken a lot, and I thought he played one heck of a game. You know, he yep, said school, and carried his damage. tribe. In the very beginning, he was taking care of the camp. He was keeping the fire going. He was going out and, and fishing and feeding his tribe to keep them going every day. They didn't yep. say thank you. They didn't say you know, appreciate it, nothing. And he didn't ask for anything either. He wasn't one of those big-headed guys that said, oh, you know, he beat yeah. my chest and look what I'm doing. I'm taking care of my tribe. I'm head guy around here. You know, he didn't do any of that. He wasn't one of those that expected, you know, all the grandeur for taking care of his tribe. He was very humble. and yeah. But then they treated him like crap. Yeah. At the end, and didn't show him one ounce of respect. And to me, that really hurt my heart. 
because he deserved yeah. it. He played a good game. He didn't show any – out of respect to them, when he won his first couple of individual immunities, he didn't sh- even show any – Reaction, yeah, he even apologized for one of his last ones, yeah. Yeah, when he finally won the – I think it was the third one – he let out a little bit of emotion, and he apologized for it. And then yep. the final one he, he did, and he, he apologized again. And to me, it was like he's apologizing to them for him being happy that he won individual immunity. And yet yep. when it comes down to it, they show him not even an ounce of respect. Yeah. I think it and might be this – um, oh, sorry, go ahead. It broke my heart the way they treated him. I felt so, so bad for him. I mean, some of them stood up and intentionally dismissed him, said, I have nothing to say to you, or I'm going to say this to you because I, I am dismissing you, and then talk to the others. Yeah. And, and some it of that should be his old rude. style. His old school style 10 years ago, Ken wins his game, but the game, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you are, it, the game has evolved and changed, and that style isn't in vogue right now. I think he was a great provider, and I think I don't see him as coming off as saying he's better than anybody, but I think some of the isolation, the lack, you know, wanting to build a shelter instead of talking the strategy, that's where you got to go in and know. If this group wants to talk strategy, you talk strategy. If they all want to build a shelter, you build the shelter. You got to kind of read the group. And he did take care of them and probably saved Gen X some of those early challenges where they might have lost four or five in a row. So I think he was a you know big factor, but you know he had to adapt his his game to them. But I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know I, you've heard me for multiple weeks, Ken and David. You know, from week one, were the one I was pulling for the most out of everybody. But I think, you know, David had this huge transformation. I don't know what Ken transformed. I think Ken was a hard worker and a good guy from day one to day 39, but I don't think Ken dramatically changed. And I think David did. I think Adam did. Hannah to an extent. So Brett, by, you know, Brett's moment with Zeke, you know, Jeff highlighted that is the greatest moment of the season. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I thought it was great to have, you know, in 33 seasons of the show, two gay people, gay guys at least, because girls that had been multiple on the season that were at least publicly known. I thought that was a hell of a moment for Brett to feel comfortable to say that. So, I don't know. What, uh, what did you feel about, and I thought it was an amazing play, and I was I was tweeting about it. I wanted to text Bob Crowley going into this final episode. We the day 35 at night. We start out with, you know, David taking all of his stuff he's been accumulating to make a fake idol, and he was trying to catch a big old fish, and that fish's name was Jay, and it was so... I loved, I didn't like Jay at first. So Jay, really, Jay really grew on me from, you know, on and on. And he's, he's so, he's such a cool, fun guy. But watching David construct his thing and watching Jay think he's got this idol was some of the best 
you know, edited TV I, that the show's had in a while. So what were, what, how'd you feel? Were you feeling bad for Jay at all or rooting for David nope. when all that was going on? <laughs> <laughs> Say it just like it is. Yeah. I wasn't feeling bad for Jay at all. I thought it was the best move that David made. And I was loving every single minute of it. I thought it was classic. I love that. That's what I want to know is where the hell did he get the damn paint? How did he get the challenge or someplace? I don't know where he just I know I know how Bob made his idol. He found like wax off of a tree. He's told me the story like a hundred times. And he's I think he's even told it on here, like but I don't know where you just find random paint. Maybe they've got something they've got in Fiji on the trees or underneath rocks. There's just pools of paint. I don't know. That's what I want to know, too, is where the hell did you come up with the paint to paint that, that yeah. thing with? And, and it, you know, you had to, you had to paint the, the coconut thing, you know, yeah, I don't I mean, know where he got it, how he got it, but he he made it look, and then it wasn't even the best construction, and Jay must have just been really, I know he was looking for something to save his ass, but I just, it was like, come on, man, this, 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 it wasn't as bad as the stick in Micronesia, but it was pretty damn close. I mean, Jay sure fell better, for it. Yeah, which was, which and, was shocking, and then the next challenge... You know, Jay's got to win immunity, but he, uh, maybe he got cocky thinking he was safe with his idol, but not covering his uh, combination. I, I couldn't, that was just, I couldn't believe watching. I'm like, Jay, man, what the hell are you doing? I know, I know. And when he took that thing to tribal and walked it up the probes and was just so cocky about it and said, you know, I don't want to go home tonight. <laughs> and Probst holds it up and says, this is, and there's that long <laughs> pause, and he says, not an official hidden in yeah. the aisle, and he tosses it in the fire. <laughs> His face was just priceless. And he took it in such stride for being such a, you know, you know how he went toe-to-toe with you know, with Adam and other stuff. He just, he took it so well. He's like, yeah, you're all warriors. You go, and he's like, go ahead, Jeffrey, snuff my torch. And I was just like, this is a, I just, I, I really appreciate him because he also, his own reaction to his stupid plays, like, oh, yeah, you had the lead, you bozo, and he didn't cover your stuff. It was just, if I was there, I wouldn't be as lean and fit as Jay, but I think I'd have that kind of self-deprecating humor of, Wow, I can't believe you just did this again, you dumbass! Like, what are you, what are you doing? But uh, he did have idol, like, a really good attitude about it. He really did. And then the the, the shot cutting to David. I wrote down David smirk. Just that that look of watching David was just. I felt like watching Sue Hawk and Borneo when they took out Gretchen. Just that sinister smile and grin and just he knows it's going to blow Jay up and gosh it was uh, that was that was fun to watch and uh, Jay votes for Ken everyone else votes for Jay and 
Uh, the interesting thing that they weren't aware of, because it even made it more interesting, is we finally found out what the Legacy Award was. And I think it, what a legacy it was, and whoever had had that is totally totally safe at Tribal. So having those both yeah. happen would have made it really interesting if Jay had had a real idol. We almost came close to the first time where no one received a vote, and I'm still hoping at some point with multiple idols and different wrinkles to the game that we have at some point a revote where no one has a vote because I am fascinated to find out what happens because if if uh, Jay's idol was real and Ken plays the Legacy Award, what what would happen? Like, do they all just revote again, or Jay and I would assume if they did that, Jay and Ken would just be immune and they just revote until it's a tie. But it would just be it'd be one of the neatest things to see. So I hope to orchestrate that on Fans Favorites Three or whatever season I'm on. There will be some scenario I want to work out where all the votes are nullified, and I want to see what CBS has in store for the cast. You do that, because I, I want to talk about it on the show here. I'll say, Mike said that he was that this was going to happen, and here we are at this very moment. We're watching it happen now with Mike out there on the show. And I would hope I can orchestrate it in happening. such a way that that I'm safe, that I'm either using immunity, either a hidden immunity, regular immunity, or some new tryst, twist, tryst, not a tryst, some twist. Um, so you heard it here <laughs> first on uh, Mike on the Mic. Whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get to that, then they uh, they they get out, Jay, then they go to this, the next challenge, and it's moving the buoys around, which is always, you know, a tricky thing to get to these puzzle pieces and putting together the puzzle. And like I talked to with Sunday, you know, I don't like, and I'm even hardcore Generation X. I've talked my own smack about millennials, and I've even made the joke, you know, they get, if you finish in 15th place, all these kids got trophies. When I was a kid, if you finished in 15th place, you got a, you got a drink token for a free pop at the uh, baseball game, but you didn't get a trophy, you didn't get a ribbon, you were just among the losers. So I don't, I, I understand why they made it not a participation trophy, but I'm like, like I said with Sunday, that little kid that got the participation trophy, who gave it to him? That's, that's <laughs> where I'm flipping it back on my own generation, that you can't get mad at the kid that's coddled because you're the coddler. Like, unless some kid's giving another kid a trophy, then you can get mad at him. But if it's just some adult giving this kid a trophy, let's not talk smack. Now, the millennials do things that are highly annoying. Uh, hell yeah. Every day of my life at work is annoying because of the 750 millennial people I am working with <laughs> that are focused on their particular issue. I'm trying to focus on everyone's issue and how it fits into a big puzzle. They're worried about their little piece of the puzzle. And so that's what happens, I guess, when you get a participation trophy. But I like the puzzle. I, I was surprised it took them a little that long to get to it. And I'm, I'm a little not, not knocking Ken by any means, but I'm surprised that Hannah or Adam or David, it must have just been the time advantage with the pieces, 
that Ken was able to, you know, win that again for his fourth immunity. I, I was that that surprised me. I was thinking he, somebody he else really, would win. He he pulled out all the stops toward the end. Yeah. He sure did. Um. So then they, uh, you know, and I this next vote, and I'll I'll agree that Hannah didn't deserve any votes. Um, I think she was all over the place. She did vote out every single player, but I I would I I can't imagine. I hope she does this show, and I'll ask her what is the argument to keep Brett in over David at Final Five. Where's the logic? Please explain it to me, because David. If everyone's saying he's going to win even over Adam, why the hell would you keep him in here? Do you have any idea why? I think the Hannah reason her reason that? for that is be, I think that, that her reason for that is because she was trying to keep Ken on her side, and if she would have voted out yeah. David, then. Ken would have turned on her. Okay. And she had been so loyal to Ken for so long. She didn't want to disrupt that friendship and that bond with Ken. I mean, with a yeah, with Ken yep. by voting David out until she absolutely had to. And then I think yeah. it got down to where she thought she would just go to the final three with Ken, David, and her. Yep. And that that was going to be her final three. But she and she maybe she thought she could convey that she played a great game, maybe against David. I just don't see why she would think that, but maybe that's what she thought. I think I, I think she was was really going to try that, and I I don't know why she thought that would work against David think she was going to try to to play that argument because she did you know they were calling her a flip-flopper which she was but yeah. she she was flipping and flopping with intent oh yeah it to was make all... the moves that she made and it did work i mean she did she did get she, the she blind sides to work that she wanted yep she got the blind sides it, that she wanted to work to work and I have to hand it to her for that, you know. Yeah. From a from a tactical standpoint, though, I think Ken pulls the trigger himself on David. She does the dirty work, and she takes out David at final five. They work together to, you know, get out Adam. So then it's Brett, Ken, and Hannah. I just think it's much a much more live vote for there. And then David harbors the animosity. He's not voting for Brett. I don't think he's not voting for Hannah. So I, I, I don't, I just, I just, I, I, I didn't get it. I, I still, I still don't get it. I mean, I understand it. And from somebody that's played some online games, uh, the game I was in, one of the best ones, I made it to the final four and I voted out 10 of the 11 people. The only person I didn't vote out was myself. And if I had, could have figured out a way to do that. No one go. I was going home. I would have voted myself out, but that's not a legal play in Survivor. So you know, taking everyone out proves a lot. But then at the end of the day, you're going to have a big target on your back, and some of those jurors you got to not always be on the 
best side of the vote. Um, I I did find it interesting at Final Four. What an interesting and exciting challenge! It's something we've seen before, but I was shocked and flabbergasted. You know, Hannah from going from being almost medevaced watching a challenge to almost winning the final challenge, that was a hell of a transformation there. I mean, some of that's David maybe going too fast and getting antsy and knocking his own stuff over, being part of it, and Adam intentionally not trying to play, but hats off to to Hannah. He's getting so far. And uh, making it exciting for the enforcement tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, so I found that great. I like the I like the, the setup there, and uh, Ken Ken going against David, big move. I want him to get all the respect for that. Um, and I don't think he'll ever get it from some people. I I am fascinated to hear when Chris or Brett ever get on here. Maybe they can get on here together and just find out. You know, you know why was that all given the credit to Adam. So I don't I don't know. Yeah, I would love to hear but, that. But we, we go to we go to Final Tribal and you know David's eliminated Final Four and we get this Ken, Hannah, um, Adam vote. And I thought the one thing I didn't like is I don't think we got a lot of great questions from the jury. I think some did. But some of them were just kind of just, you know, saying their own opinion. I would say from my take, the jury, the jury member I liked the least from their question was kind of Brett. I just didn't – I liked Brett. He was the first one I met from the cast. I just didn't like – I did not like his question and his approach to Ken um, and Chris. Chris did kind of the same thing, and I – that whole, you know, grandstanding for the person you want to win if they're the best player – um, maybe Adam made the best moves. Maybe Adam had the best story. Maybe he had some kind of combination there. But I think some of the – I think times people have done that before, it was more compelling, you know, why they should get some other person saying, like, this person's the best and here's why. I just – I didn't appreciate that. I like Sunday's question the most, like, who do you relate better, which of these groups, and hearing them talk. And that's why Adam, I think, had the best answer is he – he worked with the best. You know, Ken straight up said he's an old school player and he's way too old school. And I thought Hannah was a little too new school. I think Adam came through there the best. Um, I liked um, Jessica. I was trying to surprise she didn't possibly give Ken a vote just how close they were. But for him to explain why he did what he did to David, um, I thought that was a good question. Um, you know, Will also went against Ken, but he also said he respected Ken at least by making the move by putting out David. And you know, you know, Will as the youngest guy, I respect Ken for all various things he did, not just voting out his ally. I can respect doing that. I can respect not doing that. So I didn't, you know, fully, fully get that. I thought Michelle had a decent question. Nothing bad. Um. Zeke also played up this new school philosophy, so I don't know. The game doesn't necessarily have to evolve every season. You know, there could be 
you know, consistent gameplay. So I don't think you have to, like, play a different idol and switch your alliance every season now that's coming up. I mean, it'd be great for somebody just to have a good alliance and prove some old-school mentality and see if that could win out again. So I, I thought he had a good question. It was pretty balanced. And, uh, you know, David wraps it up, and it was I thought he was a great final juror just about their transformation. And I didn't like the condescending stuff that Ken got. I mean, he just because you're a beautiful person, and he had some social awkwardness like David, and we've talked about that before. You know, Hannah talked about her deal. Um, I don't really think Adam made that big of a transformation. I think he was a big super fan who had a good story and had some pretty decent gameplay. You know, not perfect, but pretty good. So, you know, I don't know if he had the best transformation. I think David had the best transformation, and he knew it. That's why he asked that question. But that's kind of where I am with the finale. It is what it is. Um, but I think one of the most interesting things of the weekend, or not weekend, sorry, I'm used to it being Sunday, the, uh, the week was getting to see some former players, and I, I knew Ozzy was in town because he was working on my buddy with some transaction, but I was surprised, I just didn't fathom that the game changers would be there, I feel kind of dumb now not bringing stuff to get signed, but we're sitting there Tuesday night trying to get all the cast members' autographs, and out of nowhere, I see Tony Vlachos just kind of walk into the restaurant of the hotel, and I'm like, holy shit, it's Tony, because I had in my backpack right next to me my winner's buff, and every winner had signed it except for Adam at that point because we didn't know who won, and Tony. So I'm like, Tony, Hey, man, you weren't at the after party. Can you please sign this buff? And he's like, hey, Big Mike, great to see you. You look amazing. And, yeah, sure, I'll sign it. Because uh, there, were, there, were there were a lot of game changers there. And Caleb and Ty were, you know, walking right after and three just hanging around. And the best, the best thing that happened out there was I got to reconcile with the queen of Survivor, two-time winner, Sandra Diaz-Twine, who had unfriended me for over four years, or over three years because of an online Survivor game I voted her out in. And we finally reconnected. I talked to her, and she re-friended me. So I'm glad that Sandra's back in my life. But I have, I have screenshots where she's talking to my buddy Rhino from Pearl Islands, saying, yeah, Big Mike voted me out of the game, so he got unfriended. So I'm sending that to casting. So I got in the head of the two-time winner of Survivor by betraying them. So any other person you could bring back for fans' favorites three, bring it. You know, I'll go right at anyone because I care about it, but in this evolution of Survivor, um, I'll vote you out, and if you vote me out, I'll be cool after a day or two, and hopefully you are too. So I, it was neat meeting the game changers. I've been wanting to talk about Zeke and Michaela officially being on season 34 since this summer when I knew. Um, so I'm glad they're there. I'm excited that we're going to see a lot of familiar faces, some of which I'm kind of scratching my own head at. It's just kind of what it is. Um, and they on the show they announced everyone, I'm pretty sure on CBS, 
Com, the whole cast has been a- announced. Have you seen that? I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm pretty sure it's all formally out there, right? Or is it not? I think so. I I think so too. So from, and I'm I don't have a list in front of me, and it's not on my notes. So I'm going to try to rattle off as many people as I'm, I'm aware of that are there. From um from season 33, we've got Zeke and Michaela. So great to see them. Definitely both game changers by far. Um, from season 32, Korong, we've got Caleb and Ty and Debbie and Aubrey are my favorite and one of Sherry's favorites from last season. Um, some people that were in 31, Cambodia. Uh, I'm going to probably mangle this now. But from season 31, um Oh crap! There's an ad. And it just disappeared on me. I believe uh, Sierra Easton. She voted out her mom, and every time we see her on TV, we get to hear about it. So Sierra's there, and Jeff Varner. I'm pretty sure is there. Um, from Worlds Apart, uh, Haley Ford, who I got to see for the first time since her finale, and she was amazingly surprised to see me because I was talking to Jen, who I, if you remember I said how Jen was really cool, glad to see me at Korong, and how shocked she was the last time I saw her, but I had lost 50 more pounds, and she was just really stoked, so I got a picture with Haley and Jen. So they're there, Sari, Sandra, Ozzy, coming back for his fourth time, JT, the winner of Token Chains, Tony, the winner of Cambodia, um, Sierra from Worlds Apart, which is a little interesting casting. I, I, I'd love to hear Jeff explain to me why Sierra was a game changer. She's a great girl. I like her. She's friendly. She hugged me so hard I tore my surgery scars at her finale. <laughs> but somebody really has to explain that one to me. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? And uh, I don't have the list. Is there anyone you know of that I haven't mentioned? I've been trying to include everyone I can think of that's on this uh, on Game Changers. I think I've mentioned almost everybody. I think you've got them covered pretty well. Um, with seeing all these familiar faces as kind of the third All-Star season, uh, among these people, are, are there a couple you're rooting for and a couple you're not rooting for? I don't know. There, There's so many greats on there. It's going to be hard to pick somebody out um, to, to, to root for because there's a lot of really good people on there. Who are you rooting for? Well, it's the same tricky thing for me, knowing everybody and meeting everybody. It makes it it makes it tricky. Um, I I don't know if I want to see a winner win again, unless you know it has to be a pretty interesting story. You know, JT when he came back into Heroes versus Villains, he made one of the worst moves ever, but I think he just because he's a good guy. Tony, I think he's going to be a threat, and I don't think he's going to get far. If they let Sandra get anywhere past the first couple of votes, they're all maniac, so I like Sandra, but 
Yeah, she has won twice. I think she'll be an interesting player. She might. I I can see Sanders still making the merge though, just because she's wily and crafty. But I think she's going to be an early target. I think the person I would like to see do the best is Suri. I think she, in her installations, except for Heroes versus Villains, you know, Exile Island, very great game. Uh, Micronesia still tricked Eric with those with the Black Widow Brigade, and she led the charge against Eric, and she was such a threat, that's why she got targeted so early in Heroes vs. Villains. So I'd say Suri for the ladies, and uh, for the guys, a um, little trickier. Uh, I'd be interested to see how Caleb does deeper into the game than after his medevac. I'm not necessarily saying I want him to do, like, to win, but I think he'd be interesting. And I guess I'm most intrigued if Ty can play a different game. Can Ty do something differently? I think he has that killer instinct if he just let it let it flow through him, let the anger and, you know, I think he could I think he could be really successful. And he's going to be popular as ever, and he's helpful around camp. I think he just needs to get better strategically. So I guess I'll be right. Ty does well. And, you know, Aubrey, um, I hope she does well. But I, from what I know, this is going to be a very, very heated season. From all the chats I had with the people coming into this, is it's going to be the most cutthroat. And I don't know if everyone's going to be friendly at their finale. So we'll see when it actually happens. But that's what I've been hearing. I would love to see Michaela for the girls. Yeah. Because um, she really, I mean, that girl can kick some butt. I I was so blindsided when they got her out this season. I was just floored. So I would love to see Michaela. Um, okay. Somebody that I I would love to see on the guys. I I just love Jeff Barner. I think he's so funny. Yes. I don't know I if he's got what it that. takes to make it to the end. Um, but I just love him to death. Jeff's been one of my favorites since Australia. He was uh, a little out of his element physically in Cambodia, but he was still bringing the excitement and energy, and maybe he's got some some new tricks up his sleeves and uh, game changers, because he was a game changer. He was one of the ones on Kucha that wanted to actually, you know, progress the game, and I think he was innovative there and wanted to play like they were in Borneo. So. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an exciting season. And, <laughs> and the show's going to start later than it's ever started. I don't think it's officially going to get going until March because of the uh, that new show on CBS. So um, there's a chance if you guys want to, maybe Michelle, I don't know if she'll be watching it, or um, Louie talking about Hunted. Because I think that's another good thing on the network. And yes. maybe we can talk about that show, maybe hour-long installments so we can prep for season 34. But we'll see how the show goes. But if you want to, I'd be more than happy to talk about Hunted because it looks fascinating. And Lynn from the Survivor Casting, I think, put this show together too. That would be great. Uh, but great season, some good guests, some fun episodes, and um, I don't even think I, I, I'll, I'll send this in a message more to elaborate, but Ryan O from Pearl Island is really excited about coming and doing the show. And I, we've got some pretty interesting shows he wants to help put together for season 34. Um, 
the tidbit I'll give is I think he wants to have a lot of people from this season that haven't done Rob as a podcast, and we may have a whole week that's Morgan tribe and a whole week that's the Drake tribe with some people that seldom do podcasts that are interesting and entertaining. So stay tuned, but it should be a, an amazing season. And we've got all kinds of alumni that probably want to talk about people that made it on Game Changers. So it should be some great episodes to come. Oh, that sounds great. I'm excited about that. People don't do podcasts often and haven't even been on Rob Hill's podcast. That's, that's music to my ears. Yep. So, uh, I think we've had a good season. I really, uh, I've appreciated our time as, as, as always. And it's been a pleasure to, to work with you this season. Absolutely, Mike. I appreciate all the survivors you brought on and, and uh, had on as guests here on Mike and the Mike on the Rad Reality Show. And I certainly hope that you and your family and friends all have a wonderful, merry, happy, and healthy Christmas and, and New Year. And I can't wait to have you back to do it all over again. Um, we'll talk off air about possibly doing Hunted, but we'll definitely okay. be back um, for Survivor next season for 34. Um, yeah, we might even be back earlier than that for Hunted. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, so I want you to have a very safe trip. I know you're headed on the road uh, to go get another Survivor meeting under your belt. Um so be safe on the road and have a great time. And we will wrap this season up by saying Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you so much for being here with us this season for Millennials versus Gen X on Mike and the Mike. We will wrap up the show tonight as we always do with Ron and please come back next season for season 34 of Mike and the Mike we will make sure we put everything out on Facebook Twitter we're going to be starting the show Um, Mike has great guests as you know and he has a lot lined up for next season so make sure you join us and Make sure you're here for Monday's show, Michelle Costa's birthday party, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central for Manic Mondays with Michelle Costa. It's her birthday party. So thank you, everyone, for being here for Mike and the Mike for our entire season this season. Mike, thank you so much for everything you've done. We've really enjoyed the season. We're going to wrap it up tonight. Thank you all so much. Have a Merry Christmas, a blessed Christmas, and a safe one. Here's Ryan to take us out. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in.
Always a great one with the number one Survivor fan in the world, Mike Albright. Mike, say goodbye. Uh, Adios. Have a happy holidays. See you all next season. Thank you, Mike. Take care. You too. All right. Good night, all. Isabel says bye, too. (laughs) 